Welcome to From Caving In to Crushing It, the podcast for those who find themselves immersed in adversity and choose to write their story instead of having others write it for them. I'm Drew Duraney, and I'm your host. Hi, Jessica. Hi, Drew. Nice to be here. It's it's nice to have you here. And, um, you know, the last time we, we talked was at a Master Networks event, and we hit it off pretty well um to me it's amazing how you can meet somebody and just by asking the right questions or being open to learning about somebody a topic comes up that aligns you and realize that we have a lot more similarities than we have absolutely and then we talked the whole rest of the night (laughs) yeah yeah it was just it was really impactful for me which is why i remember they're saying i want to have you on and uh thank you i appreciate that i felt the same way Oh, thank you. And I love that. You know, so, you know, this obviously the, the podcast is from caving into crushing it. And we know that we all have things that happen in our life that challenge the heck out of us. And it's a small percentage of us who get stronger after going through these these challenges. And you, to me, are one of those people who've gotten stronger and I really want to give the audience a little bit to learn about you and how you got to where you are and the type of person you are. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so I ask you to reach back as far as you want to reach back in your life and talk, tell us about what led up to that defining moment that had you wake up and realize that there's more to life than the way I'm living it and what you did about it. Well, that's interesting because I go all the way back to my parents, of course, you know, when you're, when you're little. And I think that I was very fortunate in that I had a very um, progressive out of the box childhood. Mm -hmm. You know, my parents were, they had me in 1960, you know, they met each other late in life. They were not a typical you know, get married young, have kids, you know, both of them had their careers. Um, My dad was an apprentice to Frank Lloyd Wright, very Mm -hmm. super creative, helped build Taliesin West in Arizona um, at a young age. And um, my mom was the first person in her family to ever go to college, let alone a female to go for her master's in early childhood education. So I realized, you know, I was, we grew up in a Frank Lloyd Wright style home in Mm -hmm. Westchester, New York. And, you know, if you guys know Frank Lloyd Wright, nature comes in. So we have all glass. That was my bedroom. So I woke up Mm -hmm. looking at trees and dad was a prolific artist as well. And, and, you know, I think a big impact for me was when I was seven and he brought me, of course, where else to the Guggenheim Museum (laughs) to see um, a Kandinsky show. And that really, oh my God, he's still my favorite artist. And very being very supported in the arts, creativity, open ways of thinking. It's how I was raised, Mm -hmm. you know? And mom mom, um, was very into emotional health Mm -hmm. always because she had her struggles in her teens with emotional health that she would never share with me. Mm -hmm. But I learned as she aged, you know, she put me in therapy when I was eight. And I have to tell you, 
you know, at the time I didn't understand really what, what was going, why was, you know, what was going on, but I have to tell you what it taught me at a very young age was to be very in touch with how I feel. Hmm. It was and like I, a catalyst yeah. to but teach, yeah. you know? And I can see that too. And and now did mom ever go to ther in therapy herself or? Did yes, she but not, she did? Okay. not, not, not like she was. And later in life, actually, only really in the last five years or so did I think I think I realized why she okay. was doing that. I mean, she always said, you know, she saw me as an unhappy kid mm. um, because when my brother came along, I was no longer the, the you know center of their world, right. you know, because she they had um, at 40, they had me. But at 41, they had my brother. So we okay. were very close mm -hmm. uh, in age. But, you know, he took away my spotlight. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, and that was a struggle for me. Um, although I have to say it helped me also to learn that when you're going through something and you need help sorting things through, mm -hmm. you that help is okay. Help is good. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. You know, and, and I learned that at a very young age, I'm very passionate about about emotional health, especially with kids. Mm. Now, did you characterize yourself as a, as an unhappy child or you think that was mom just kind of like, uh... I think that was mom, but I also, I think I was, yeah. um, um, I was not the person I am to, I mean, I think I was the opposite. I was not comfortable yeah. in social situations. Right. I didn't feel confident, mm -hmm. you know, um, that definitely developed big time as I, Went through high school and then mm. went into college. Yeah. And I think probably being, and, and it's also finding the right therapist for you. A hundred percent that you say that a hundred percent. I'm talking to a lot of parents right now who I'm saying to them, you know, if it, this may not be the right therapist. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. I, that's, that's the important piece too. And, and I feel for the, the, the parents who aren't in the quote unquote industry or don't know the right people to ask or the right questions to ask because yeah. uh yeah the that it's yes it's important the younger you are to ask for help it's also finding the help from the right people the ones who are aligned with your your personality and, and their yeah and their expertise like i can tell you my daughter when she started going through stuff in middle school now i see it even in, in elementary school but mm -hmm. for her you know she's 23 now when she started going through stuff in middle school Immediately, I said, okay, we're going to find you some support. That's mm -hmm. it. Period. Right. End of story. Right. And her first therapist, um, she said to me, mom, <laughs> I think my therapist has an eating disorder. How am I, how is she going to help me? I love but that was her perception. perception. You know what I mean? Like, that's what yeah. she, so I said, okay, right. it's time to find another therapist. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. No, if and, she's and then, saying uh, that, then there's something that isn't right. Yeah, absolutely. Know? Yeah, and 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 you know, kudos to you as a young parent at the time to to realize that. Um, oh, and not just think it's your child resisting. You know, some some parents. Are like, In oh. my younger years, at going to therapy, I had a therapist. Yeah, that was very. Mm, she was not a warm and fuzzy person, and right. I'll never forget because I've always had uh, a struggle with you know, weight and right. eating. Yeah. Um, I'll never forget. She put me on a diet. I was, I was always on a diet. I think I was little. I don't even know how wow. old. 
and we were on a diet and I'll never forget she would eat Oreos in our session in front of me knowing knowing full well that yeah that's interesting okay so that and, I mean remember this was the 60s so yeah, I, and it yeah. was in a very progressive type of a place that right, right. I didn't realize at the time that it was such a it was the center for preventative psychiatry in white plains which oh, wow. at the time was like this cutting edge you know mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. she was I was so angry Cookie, and then, and then, therapy, she, right? then she said to me, well, you know, I'll never forget this. I, there are Stella Doro cookies that are sugar free. Why don't you get some of those? <laughs> Interesting. I wow. mean, that's yeah. cutting edge. Those right? are little things I remember, you know, Remem- little- that's amazing. And you recall that. That's oh, my amazing. God. Yeah. Yes. So. So knowing that that helped you, uh, you know, in your teens and whatnot, um, was there some any uh, occurrence, external circumstance when you got older that kind of challenged you where you know that that early um, help assisted you in coming through healthier? Oh, it, it assisted me all through my life. Mm. <laughs> because when I went, got into college, um, college was great. I went to art school, mm-hmm. um, created a very prolific, great great experience. Um, and it helped me. Uh, this is really interesting, actually, because when I was in college, I was going through a, a, a tough time with a relationship. Mm-hmm. And of course, me, I sought out a therapist. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what you do. And I was what, 21? Right, right. Um, on my own, mm-hmm. you know, um, and she was great. And at one point, I, I was struggling so much that at each week I would go to individual and group therapy and the group actually helped me extract myself out of this relationship more Mm. so than individual. Okay. All right. Which I'm a big proponent of group therapy. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously group therapy is helpful again, like just like having the right therapist, it's the right people in, in the group. And if you have a good therapist who can, align the proper people in a group oh yeah you you do, you don't know what other people are going through and 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 things can resonate and they can they can help you because they're going through it so i definitely am a proponent for group therapy providing you know what we just yeah. talked about yeah wow so but uh, yeah but that was just one you know in college but but yeah. really all through my life when i feel that i need somebody to help me through a time i think that it's really helped me to overcome my you know some of the the things that are well I because I study energy a lot right now mm-hmm. very in very deeply yeah. there's something called a core wound okay. right so before you're seven there's something most people have a core wound mm-hmm. that they have to struggle through you know right. to, to unblock themselves from and mine mine is you know seeing my family in the relationship with money Mm, yep, and okay. it's something that I worked through mm-hmm. in therapy for years, you know, a- as an adult. And I could say now where I'm at w- in dealing with all of that and in working like I have with energy and um, and trust and manifestation and visualization and all that stuff, I can say that I have let that fear d- is no longer here. It's not there. Well, that's, it's that's gone. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, no, that that that's important, and and I'm uh, I'm going to guess, and you're going to tell me if I'm I'm correct here, is that you learned over time to surround yourself with the right human beings. Hundred uh, percent. So so especially with even with the money piece too, right? You surround yourself with experts who know how to handle it. So that's hundred percent advice from. I always, I have to say, I always, even when, even when I was in my mid twenties, after I graduated, started working, I had, I got myself a financial advisor Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because I'm very independent and I never went home after college. I went out on my own Mm -hmm. and I knew that I, I needed to learn how to do this so that I couldn't, I didn't want to struggle. Like I saw my parents struggling. Wow. But yeah, it was a big, yeah. but it was a really, it's a really big challenge. Yeah. Now, do you think your mom and dad realized that the, the, the relationship with money issue had, had gotten to you as I far as a childhood I, trauma? I, it was, it, it, I don't know if you ever read Anne Rand, the fountainhead, Did but not. my dad, my dad, mom and dad were there, they were not into selling themselves out to cap capitalistic greed and okay. society. Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? I do. I understand. Yeah. They lived very, we always had everything that we needed. Um, they lived very simply and, and very, their, their, their values and priorities were on happiness and health. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, my dad, sometimes he worked for the world bank and, he went away to Indonesia and Philippines and worked for underdeveloped countries, building homes for the poor. Oh, wow. And and he was away a lot. And, mm-hmm. you know, we didn't have we lived in Westchester. I mean, at the time, it was not what it is now, certainly. Right. But sure. um, but there was anxiety and struggle. Of course. Of course. Yeah, especially if as a young child, there's a lot of comparison going on, especially if like the kids around you are getting these, you know, materialistic stuff that you're not getting. And at a young age, it's hard not to compare them. Hell, at, at, at adulthood, it's hard yeah, yeah, yeah. not to compare. So I'm sure that was a challenge for you too. Yes. Um, I'll never forget that because the things that I wanted were not your, your average. I mean, I had Barbies and all that yeah, stuff, but yeah. I, I'll never forget. I wanted this beautiful pillow. I wanted a pillow. Yeah. It was beautiful, handmade with, with, um, it was gorgeous. And I'll never forget. It was $25. Yeah. And my mom said, okay, you can get that one thing for Christmas or for your birthday or, <laughs> right, right. and that was this really super special thing. And, you know, handmade, beautiful, artistic gifts to me have always been, wow. that's, one of a kind special thing, you know. Wait, where's the pillow now? Probably up in the attic somewhere. I think right. I still have it. No, seriously. I figured yeah. you would still have it. Oh so. yeah. <laughs> well, maybe maybe you can take it out this weekend, and uh, and then they'll give you those memories back because it, it, it's it it is nice to to be able to. It's not really the materialistic piece that's near and dear to your heart. You remember that story, you know? Yes. I remember a lot of those types of stories. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 So after you, uh, you know, graduated college and went on to work, what what kind of work did you end up doing professionally before you're in doing what you're doing now? So I I was not your struggling artist, stay in the studio type. Okay. (laughs) 
I needed to, at the time I had, I had blossomed and I wanted to talk to people. So I started selling art in New York city for a gallery and it, it evolved and grew. Uh, I met um, people and I in and out of different parts of the art and collectibles world for almost 30 years. Wow. Wow. That must've been rewarding. uh, It was great. Do you remember the time you got to you, you sold your first piece of art and what yes. that was like? Tell me that story. I, I remember the most the one of the most impactful. So back in the eighties, mm-hmm. one of the gal- biggest gallery corporations in the world was Circle Fine Art Corporation, mm-hmm. and which unfortunately is no longer there, which is sad. But mm-hmm. a lot of things have changed. Um, they had galleries all around the world and there was a big one in Soho. There was one in the South street seaport and that's where I started to sell art. So I would go down to the seaport and, you know, it was the big fish markets there and it was a Sunday morning and all the fish smells are coming in, you know, and in walks the sky with a, with a woman. And I knew they were from out of town. And at the time we had two galleries and it was, this was at the beginning um, of I don't know if you remember, but um, Disney animation art where mm-hmm. the di- original cells were being sold and then right. the Bugs Bunny cells and all of that. Well, we had a little gallery of animation art and then we had another gallery right next door of, of fine art. And I was in the animation gallery and um, he came in. I-, I remember his name. I mean, I remember everything. Long story short, he ended up being the biggest sale. My 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 sale was the biggest sale in the history of the animation art sales of circle fine art because he was from out of town. He had just gotten married to this woman and he wanted to buy her and set her up with almost like a museum of these. He loved Bugs Bunny Mm -hmm. and he loved Chuck Jones. (laughs) That was his, I mean, he pretty much bought every single Chuck Jones animation cell that I could find. Oh my goodness. And it was unbelievable. So I, I became like the expert of animation art. And that launched me into a whole career in animation art sales. And it was the beginning of this whole thing. So I'm, I was one of the sort of sales forefronts of, of the animation art world. Um, And long from there, I mean, I worked for Chuck Jones directly. Oh, really? So you got to I traveled with him. Um, I worked for, um, a company on Long Island at the at also who was a and he subsequently moved to Florida, but he um was one of the forefronters of the Simpsons art. Wow. Uh, Hanna Barbera. Yep. And then they called me. They called me. Um, they recruited me to work for. I don't know if you remember when the Warner Brothers Studio stores opened. I do remember that absolutely. There was four original stores. Well, yep. they were, and then they were expanding. Like, and the one around here was in Danbury, Connecticut. Okay. And they hired me to be National Gallery Operations Manager. Oh, wow. It was the best, most incredible time I've ever had. Oh, that's awesome. So I traveled around with the head of gallery and yeah. we opened up stores. And within the ga- within the store, we had a gallery and we trained people on how to sell the art. And I did shows and traveled with some of the artists. It was amazing. Wow. Do you miss doing that stuff? I, I do. I miss it. Is there a way to still get like dabble in it just to still have your. Yeah. Well, I started my own art business. You did. 
it's oh, oh, I'd love to hear I about that. I thought I told you about that. Yeah. Vaguely, um, but I didn't realize that it, it was another business. It's so a business you, because right. I'm working on my next 30 years. Wow. All right. So tell me a little about oh, that. Oh, yeah. So I got my whole next 30 years. Um, All right, good. So I'm, as, as I've said, I'm very into energy. Uh -huh. And I believe that um, when you become open to things, yeah. I get messages. Okay. I get messages from my dad. I get messages from people that have passed on. And right, right. Things. yeah. So I've been getting messages in the last probably almost seven or eight years. Okay. Do my art. Do my art. Mm. This is your legacy. This is okay. who you are. Okay. And so I started an, an art business. Um, I the name came to me. Uh, and I, it's, it's out there. I have a Facebook, I have a, I have a website. I have an what Instagram. What is the name of it? Beyond the Eye Art. Beyond so it's, my eye. art is about beyond what the eye can see. Wow. Okay. Wonderful. Wonderful. And it's flourishing? Not yet because I'm focusing on Tudor Doctor. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. So, but I'm building. <laughs> how did you go? How did you get into Tudor Doctor? Okay. So another good story. in 2008, when the art market was. Oh, yeah. That's, that's when it all changed. Mm, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I got out of I got out of what I was doing. The last thing I was doing was uh, I was national sales manager for a company actually in Nyack, New York, called okay. iPhoto Art, mm -hmm. where we sold. We had the license to sell the photographs, the original photographs from Life magazine. Oh, wow. Okay. So we would go into the archives in the, in the Time Life building and curate shows and and mm -hmm. and work with um, photo galleries around the, around the world. Wow. Really, it was great. Yeah. Um, but 2008, mm. everything changed. Yep, absolutely. Uh, so I got out of it and I started helping a colleague to start a business. He had the opportunity to start a business. Mm -hmm. uh, long story short, it was great. I mean, but I learned everything. I, I'm the type of person where like knowledge is power. I want to mm -hmm. learn as much yeah, as I can. Absolutely. You know, yep. uh, so we built a business. I brought on a good friend and she ran our finance department. And that lasted about five years. Um, You're talking about 2013-ish. Okay. If, something like that i don't know all i remember is when i turned 50 i yeah. realized i know how to treat customers mm -hmm. i know how to hire people i know how to run a business i've yeah. got to find something mm. that kind of brings it together for yep. me absolutely and that's when i found tutor doctor and i wasn't actually looking for mm. it yeah i was looking for i thought maybe i wanted to be a business coach okay all right and i'm really glad i didn't do that okay <laughs> Good. Well, good. That's good. I'm really glad that I did because, but I was at a I was at a franchise broker because a friend of mine, who I would meet and network with every week because yeah. she was unemployed. Right. She was searching. Um, she doesn't have it. I had my daughter and I was married. At, mm. You know, and I had my daughter and she's and she doesn't have kids. She said, Jessica, I just went to this seminar and you know that there are business coaching franchises. You need to go down and talk to this guy Charlie and. Mm. So I went down and I talked to Charlie and he, you know, if you ever looked at a franchise, um, they do this whole deep dive profiling on you and, you know, and he matched me with a couple of business coaching franchises. Mm -hmm. And then he said, you know, I think you should look at Tudor Doctor because mm -hmm. it meets a lot of your needs. Uh, flexibility, ability to be there for your daughter to pick her up from school, 
you know, you don't need a brick and mortar location, right. blah, blah, blah. And that's how I found it. Wow. That's a great story. And it was almost 12 years. Oh, it's been, it's been 12 years. That's right. Wow. I'm going into 11 and I have a, like another, yeah. Good for you. Absolutely. And it's great that you're able to do your passion with the art and still run this business. Well, you know what I realized as, and it, and it's because of going through what I've learned through yeah. having this business, mm. I've learned that, and it's because of a couple of people that I've networked with that I've learned, have shared with me yeah. their experience of, of my hit, my story. Right. Right. Um, they've said to me, you know, Jessica, you really have to realize that your, your, you've made your tutor doctor business sort of so much of the merging of the legacy of your mother and father. You have yep. like, wow, I I didn't, can I tell you, I didn't realize that yeah, yeah, until yeah, yeah. really maybe about the point. last five or six years. Mm -hmm. That's a very good point. You took, you took the strengths of both that helped shape you and put them into your business. Good, good for you. And, and yeah, sometimes we do it without even realizing it. And other I didn't, I didn't even, well, because as you become older and you become yeah. wiser yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. you work on a lot of your crap, yeah, you know, absolutely. Yeah. you realize. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good for you. So <clears throat> I'm going to wrap this up with a couple questions. Second, I got two, two questions. The first one is you're sitting down with seven to 10 year old Jessica, and you want to give her some advice about life. What are you going to tell her? Well, now that I've just told you about how I was raised and everything like that, mm -hmm. uh, I would tell her, be true to who you are your entire life. Mm -hmm. Don't ever listen to anybody else's inflicting change or opinion or whatever it is on you be true to you and, and understand that you are the most important thing in your world love that the last question now switch hats and you're sitting down with young jessica the entrepreneur businesswoman and you want to give her advice about business what are you going to tell her Well, a couple of things. Um, learn that you can always negotiate. Don't ever take anything for, in verbatim. Negotiate what you feel you need that's going to be best for you. Mm -hmm. um, and don't let anyone ever take advantage of you. And the other thing is, is if you have a business that you've started Always think about in the early on phase of succession plan. <laughs> yep. Because are you going to have your business the whole rest of your life? Mm -hmm. Is there a time span? Do you want to retire? Mm -hmm. Do you want to open up an art gallery and move on to your next phase of life? You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but think about it early on and be really wise about it and plan. That's great advice. Many of us don't think about how to end something. We're just starting. <laughs> well, that's something that I've just learned that I wish that I had right. thought about earlier. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, the audience definitely has gotten to know the essence of Jessica Bush, and I'm sure uh, quite a few. They appreciate this, Drew. Oh, you're very welcome. 
there's going to be people who want to reach out to you and get to know you better. Um, what's the best way for them to reach you? Probably on my personal email. I mean, okay. I have a tutor doctor email. I have, you know, I have a tutor doctor, everything. I'm mm -hmm. out there on social media, big time or through LinkedIn in my okay. personal page. Uh, and I have a beyond the eye art. Page oh, that's right. Yeah. Too. What's the, what's that website? Beyondtheiart.com. Beyond but it's on my it's on my LinkedIn. Okay, beautiful. But uh, probably LinkedIn through my personal email address. All right, we will send them there. Well, Jessica, thank you very much. I'm grateful you're in my thank life. Thank you so I'm, much, Drew. And we should welcome. get together soon. We definitely should. We definitely should. And I'm I'm glad I decided to go to that that mixer. Me too. <laughs> Master Networks. That's that's how we met. All right, Jessica, you take care. Thank you. All right. Have thank a good you. one. Thanks, you everyone. Too. Good luck, everybody. Take care. Be well. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe and give us a review to help others find it. If you find yourself immersed in adversity and would like to find support from other men in times of struggle, please become a member of my Men Supporting Men Collaboration Tribe by emailing me at drew at profitcompassion.com, expressing your interest, and I'll get in touch with you. Speak to you soon.